Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. We're studying Second Thessalonians now. Um, this is a letter that Paul wrote to the Thessalonian church. Uh, Thessalonica is... Uh, was located in uh, what now is present-day Greece, a little bit on the northern side. This is Paul's letter to this church. Um, this church was on fire. It had so many great things going on. Uh, Jesus had been crucified around 50 years earlier or so, crucified and risen. Uh, the, the church, these people believed in the Lord Jesus and in Him rising. They were considered early Christians, and um, they were... Um, doing so strong in their faith that Paul was actually boasting about uh, the faith of these people all throughout the region. So we'll start off in, um, in uh, verse 3. Uh, we ought to give thanks uh, to God for you brothers as it is right uh, because your faith is growing abundantly and the love of every one of you for one another is increasing. Therefore, we ourselves boast about you in the churches of God for your steadfastness and faith in all your persecutions and in the afflictions that you are enduring. So here, these are people with um, all kind of problems. Politics, you know, they're being um, um, ruled by the Roman Empire and they are under Roman law if they're being executed, if they show their faith, uh, and they have to, of course, pay severe taxes and things. Um, so um, there's a lot of politics going on, persecutions going on. Um, there are a lot of false prophets running around, you know, preaching to people, saying a lot of people are saying, hey, Jesus has already come and gone. And a lot of these afflictions that people are going through are simply because you're a sinner and you really didn't really change the way that um, Jesus wanted you to. And so a lot of people are thinking these were the end times for them. Uh, of course, there was poverty. Uh, there were worries about being perishable. In other words, um, people had mortal lives. They were still dying. And, and uh, uh, they were thinking, well, you know, a lot of people were thinking... Maybe, well, Jesus came, he rose from the dead. Well, we're not, we're not rising from the dead. We're not getting to heaven like, uh, like he is. And so there's just like, we're Christians. Now what do we do? We're Christians. So what next? How should we now live? And um, so, you know, they didn't have Bibles. They didn't have Sunday school and church. They didn't know what to do. They didn't really know how to encourage one another because there just wasn't a lot of theology in play. Um... At that point in time, it was all kind of word of mouth. And so it was, uh, you know, you can imagine the difficult nature that this uh, that these folks had. But at the same time, they had these amazing promises from the Lord Jesus. Um, and they were enduring so much to hold on to this faith. So... Um, in just a second, we're going to dive a little bit deeper into this uh, wonderful letter that Paul wrote to this early church.
Okay, continuing 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 5. Paul's talking again to the Thessalonian people and referencing all the sufferings that they've done. They are definitely the talk of the region because of their great faith, and they're suffering all these hardships uh, at the hands of the Romans. And um, Paul's been boasting about this great faith, these great people placing their faith in the Lord. So he wants to kind of turn this a little bit to encourage them. So now he's, you know, he's writing a letter to people who've been suffering, who've been having some really hard times, and to give them, the, give them some encouragement. So you could imagine what Paul would write. What would he do? What would you do? So Paul kind of slows down for a minute and says, you know, um, you guys should really be encouraged because the evidence that you guys have put your lives on the line for the Lord, for the kingdom of heaven, shows really to everyone that you guys are really worthy for the kingdom of heaven. <clears throat> he says that it's really self-evident and we can we can slow down too and take a look and say when we go through hardships and when we walk the walk that the Lord Jesus asks us to do and we go through rejection or hardships or or uh whatever if we've put our faith in the Lord Jesus for that we show ourselves to be worthy of the kingdom of God just like it, you know just like Jesus um, ask them, if you love me, you need to take up your cross and follow me. So he is really um, saying you guys are doing great because not only of your great faith, but also the walk you're walking. You know, they're talking the talk, but they're walking the walk. And really, um, that's uh, that's the the example lesson for all of us, too. And he reassures them also that <clears throat> the hardship that you're going through is not going to be forgotten. It's not going to be swept under the rug. The judge of all of this is coming back in the in the power and the might of God when Jesus Christ comes back. The last image of Jesus Christ is not uh, uh, a mortal guy hanging on a cross, or even the the example. The, the The image of Jesus Christ is always the cross, you know, which is sort of the the execution vehicle that Jesus died from. But that's not the last image of Jesus Christ. It's not even the present image of Jesus Christ, really. But the image that we need to hold on to is the coming image of Jesus Christ. The image that he is coming back, he is coming back in all power and all authority, and he's going to set right all the unright things that have gone on through time. And as punishment, Paul lays it down that the punishment, the eternal destruction, and those that do not acknowledge Jesus Christ will suffer this punishment, which will be partly, he describes it as away from the presence of the Lord. And from the glory of his might, this is in chapter. This is in verse nine. When he comes on that day to be glorified by his saints and to be marvelled at all who have be, who have believed, and because our testimony to you was believed, so he says this that 
that Jesus has um, laid down that he's going to come back and we have a lot to, to be thankful for and to look forward to. But he also says, he gives a little challenge at the end. He says, make sure then that you live a life worthy of his calling so that you can fulfill every resolve for good and every work of faith by his power, so that the name of the Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. So again, he says, even though you've gone through all these things, make sure you keep alert, keep your eyes open, because you still want to live a life worthy of the calling of Jesus Christ.